Johnny D, the motivational cowboy with this week's Outstanding Life podcast. And in my living room today, we have Miss Megan and Bill Melbach and uh, Joshua Spears in the house. And uh, this podcast is all about Megan. And uh, Megan, tell everybody your story. All right. Um, well, I'm uh, 32 years old. I'm an independent filmmaker and uh, video editor as well as actor. Um, those are my main passions. And uh, I've been doing this for about 15 years now. Started out with a documentary back in high school about a gentleman named uh, Tony Flippus. He, Which was amazing. I watched it several times. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, it's called No Limits. He was a double amputee. In the, which happened from a train accident when he was very young, but he devoted his life to people with disabilities because of that Yeah, and changed so many people's lives because of it. So it was a huge honor to be able to um, tell his story. And that was kind of uh, the start of most of my filmmaking. Cause so I'm what got son- you into filmmaking though? Um, well, a lot of Did things. you just wake up one day I, and say, I, you know what? I could pop in with that. Uh, okay, so we, this is Bill. This is Dad yeah, talking now. Dad. <laughs> uh, we used to watch a lot of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> and Dawson was a filmmaker. So in essence, she became Dawson. Yeah, I wanted to be Dawson for a long time out of Dawson's Creek. Gotta love the 90s. Um, but I don't know. I've always enjoyed being able to immerse myself in other people's stories. So it's kind of interesting to be telling my own story now because right. I'm usually <laughs> you're more, the person behind the camera, yeah, right? Yeah, typically. Now you're the one. It was funny because when we were doing the sound check, you were like perfect. I'm like, you're like, listen, I've done this and I've told a million people what not to do and what Time to do. Time or two, yeah. <laughs> Time or two. So, so filmmaker and um, and what got you into now? Now was it you that got you in the film or was it dad? Um, I think that was still me. Before that, actually, he and I delved into singing for a while, and I think he kind of got me into singing, and then I branched off into filmmaking. Yeah, because uh, Bill, oh, I didn't know a, that. I didn't know a, that you could sing. Yeah, sort of a lost <laughs> fact is that she was actually well known as the Detroit, the mega fan. Really? So she had created on her own, um, and I, I helped because they had a buddy that um, had a studio. So um, she was a huge Red Wing fan. So at one point, the real truth is we we had this uh, asbestos siding on the house, and I didn't have money to, to for the aluminum siding. So we painted the house red because she was such a big fan. And she used to put these boards out front, and she'd count down the wins. Really? And it just mm-hmm. happened to be the year that they, they won the Stanley Cup. Okay. But we actually, she used to have these little things called rowdy rags. She was on all the different news stations, and she created her own uh, song called The Lift. Nice. And it had its, its own moves and everything. Really? So, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so can we still find that on oh, YouTube yeah, yeah. and stuff? Yeah, yeah, it's on yeah. YouTube. Well, how come you haven't posted that, Bill? I mean, you've been posting everything about her journey. I know. Now, I know. now you know you're you're going to have to dig that up now after yes. this podcast. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay, cool. So singing <laughs> and then filmmaking. Filmmaking and acting. Hoping to go back into acting now. Um, definitely something I want to pursue further, especially with everything that's going on now. But, um, yeah, filmmaking's been a huge part of my story. I just recently um, shot and produced a short film for a um, film festival submission 
from a company called Moment. They make these really, really cool lenses for your phone that really make anything you want to create, photography, film, very cinematic. It takes it to the next level. So what you did, I, now what I saw online <laughs> was a three-minute version of it. Mm-hmm. You shot all that with an iPhone? Yes. Come on. 100%. Really? Yes. That is so sweet. Yes. Technology has really changed over the years, it hasn't has. it? <laughs> oh, yeah, it has. for sure, for sure. So singing, filmmaking, you're 32 years old, and you just found out that you have breast cancer. I did, yes. <laughs> what was that like when you went to the doctors after everything going so well for you, um, you know, living a dream of, of doing what you love? right. To you going and getting a checkup. I mean, what did you feel a lump? I mean, and, and, I, and I guess as a man, I'm asking you because sure. I don't know what to ask. Sure, these, of course. And these are hard questions for us as men to mm-hmm. even ask. And I'm I'm hoping that the person that's listening can understand that it's okay to ask questions so we actually can be educated. Right. It's absolutely okay to ask questions. I had to ask questions of myself to even make it to this point in this process. Right. Because for me, the way this worked for me is I actually found this myself. It wasn't through just a standard, you know, checkup. My friend had just mentioned that she was going to get a mammogram for the first time. Right. Because she's over 40. And I used to regularly do self-breast exams just routinely. Just because, yeah. yeah. Just because. You're a woman, it's... What, what you, you do. do, right? Yeah. Um, regardless of your age, like I'm not trying to freak anybody out. I don't think you need to start too young or anything, but you do want to, you know, keep in check with your own body. Right. So I actually just felt around and felt something that didn't feel the same on both sides. Um, back in September, actually, I felt a small lump. So I made an appointment with a doctor. She unfortunately did not feel it. So that got in my head because I do have, you know, some issues with anxiety and mm-hmm. health anxiety. So I thought maybe it was just, you know, yeah. me in my own head, tripping myself right. out. I had stress Which in my we life. All have those. Me and Josh was just talking about some things today. We all have those. Like, right. oh, my God, maybe it's just me. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So because of that, I didn't go get a mammogram right away. I waited and got a second opinion with my gynecologist, but I wasn't able to see her until November. So after I saw her, she could feel it. She didn't understand how somebody else could not feel it, but that's part of the process too. Um, Because for a lot of women, especially at my age in your thirties, one of the things that is supposedly a risk factor, but also normal at your age is you have denser breast tissue. Okay. So it's harder to find things because you have more fibrous tissue and less fatty tissue in your breast. Um, So because of that, I went and had the mammogram and an ultrasound. Because a lot of times I've found through research with a lot of women's cases who have dense breasts, the tumors don't show up on mammograms. So you have to have ultrasounds. So you have to have additional testing. Um, Once I did that, it came back suspicious. So I had to go. Now, what does that mean? Suspicious? I mean, because I I, I guess in my mind, I think it's either yes or no, right? Right. I mean. And what I learned through that process, because I didn't know there's um, with these tests for radiologists they have different stages. So mine came back as what is considered a BIRAD 5, which is 95% of the time going to be malignant. Okay. Um, based off percentages. But you have to go through due diligence to verify. So right. I had to go have a biopsy. So basically when they say it's suspicious, it's whatever a radiologist can see on a scan 
and knows from what they're looking at that it's not normal cell tissue. Right. So, and then uh, John and I have been been friends for a while. <laughs> yeah. So, like when I'm out of out of communication, just to set this up, by the time she actually finds out that she's got cancer, it's literally like three days before Christmas. Oh wow. So because of the fact of the testing and stuff, they don't know. Like, has it spread? It's gone to some nodes, but we don't know if it's spread. So you got to have these body scans. Right. So then you're talking about going past New Year's, you know, before you're going to even know. And still not like, knowing. Like, is this, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So let me let me stop the story there. Sure. And, Bill, go to you. And what was that like for you as a father? Because just gearing up for this podcast, I got emotional because I have a daughter. And I can't even imagine her coming to me and saying, Dad this is going on. Yeah. What was that like for, for a father to hear that of saying, Hey dad, I think I have a lump dad. I have to go to the doctor. Dad, she didn't feel nothing, but I do dad. Let's wait another month. This doctor does, you know what I mean? Like what, yeah. what was that like for you? In one word, it's excruciating. I mean, just to see somebody that you love so much. And you know, when we first met, um, one thing you and I always had in common and I learned right away was the love for our daughters, yeah, absolutely. you know, and the whole father daughter thing. And, um, so to see someone that you love, uh, have to be going through this, uh, it's beyond excruciating. And then to be honest, um, this has just been so almost like soul draining at first because you, you all of a sudden she's only 32 and, yeah. and because they don't know at the time it, it, in essence for at least two and a half to three weeks, it's like, she's probably going to die. Yeah. And so... How do you sleep? How do you do anything? And uh, wouldn't want to, you know, let this be known any place. But you know, to tell the truth, I mean, we spend a lot of time. I spend a lot of time just honestly contemplating suicide. Like I, I don't, yeah. I can't, I can't actually picture a day like past her. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, yeah, the I know. I do know. I live every day for my to, daughter first. Exactly. And, you know I know I mean? that, and I love I, that I, about I love, you. I, I love, you know, God's first, but my family's second, and my daughter is my life. Exactly, and I so love I that understand. about you. And so, and I knew you could appreciate that, but and so it's hard to uh, it's hard to fathom. You know, you're not. It's the natural order of things, right? It's, you know, I'm supposed to go first, and then right, know, yeah, and uh, so. Yeah, hashtag worst Christmas ever, basically. Right. To sum it up. <laughs> it's, it's not even funny, but come on. <laughs> Bill, so, so, Bill, I, I appreciate your authenticity, um, both of you with the authenticity, but what helped you with that feeling of dread and despair, which any of us who have kids can, can certainly relate to, but to flip that switch into fight mode where you were going at it and not going to give up. I mean, cause obviously that's where you're at now. Yeah. Um, but what, what helped you make that shift in your mind to that's be able a to great go question. after it? So, so Bill, was it you that was the motivator because Megan's over there laughing or Megan, what was it you that's saying, Hey dad, listen, suck it up, man. We got to fight here and this yeah. is what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, but most days it was her. And, uh, honestly she was, she, to answer your question, she, she motivated me because of the way she was adjusting to everything. Uh, one of the the things that I relate to the most is a scene in a movie called Cool Hand Luke when they just keep beating Luke and keep beating Luke and he just just keeps getting up. And at the end of this beating, the the whole thing about it was that he just kept getting up. Mm-hmm. And then they just they respect that. And so something always just, to me, that's sort of the metaphor for life, our, our own 
circumstances, it just seems to keep grinding you down, grinding you down, grinding you down. And I think uh, about the only time, the only real thing you can choose to do is just to keep getting back up. Mm -hmm. And I have a strong faith, but uh, that was challenged uh, This because I just couldn't. It was kind of like I had this deal with God. It's like, you know, she actually, we haven't even gotten to the, the part. She was actually born as a, a preemie. So she was born one pound, 15 ounces. Yeah, she spent four months, right? Yep. Four months four in the months. NICU. And the doctors actually came to us and said she had a 3% chance to live. Wow. And now Joshua could probably appreciate this. The first thing that hit me, just like, bam, it just hit me. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. There's right. your 3%. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so, but because we had everybody praying, we had prayer groups, you know, everybody put her in their prayer chain and, mm-hmm. you know, and this is my little insertion here. Prayer does work. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, we could feel people put her on the prayer chain again. We had all, all these prayer groups praying for her. You can feel God's grace. Yeah. I mean, I felt, I, I've never felt it as much as I did in those four months when she was in the NICU. Because the doctors admitted, we don't know. We just don't know. We don't know what's going to happen to her. It's, it's, the, the whole thing with the preemies was new. and so. But to feel it again, to have people praying and knowing when you can sense and just feel God's grace again, it's sort of, I can feel that flip. Yeah. Like instead of life grinding you down, there's some grace there and, you know, something good can come of this. And, and watching her, it's it's hard it's hard. I mean, you're going to pump chemicals in your body. This is a, uh, the chemotherapy drug is a, is actually a drug that was created during world war two to kill people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And now it's helping people. I mean, you know what I mean? But yeah. yeah. So, so getting back Mm -hmm. to, I just want to make sure that we stay on focus because the the, the three of us, you know what I mean? (laughs) Get up on a tangent real fast. Megan's like, no, stay on focus. She's like, like, give me sign signals here. You're like, Hey, no. So, so, so it's new year's. Mm-hmm. Or it's past New Year's. Mm-hmm. You go back to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Take the story from there. Okay, so at this point, once we're past New Year's, I've gone through multiple tests to um, try to, to the best they medically can, confirm that it hasn't advanced past the lymph nodes. So in order to do that, I had to have an MRI, a CT scan, a full bone scan to verify there is. Was any of that painful, or is that pretty um, much just scans? It wasn't painful. One of the things for me personally, which is part of what makes this whole process a little difficult, is I have more of a holistic approach to how I um, do medicine in respect to my body. I'm very much food is medicine. Right. Very much, you know, heal from within. Yep. And so, um, like with an MRI, they give you uh, heavy metal contrast, yep. which can linger in your body <laughs> for years. Like it can sit on your brain or in other parts of your body and cause problems years from now for a test that takes 30 minutes. Wow. Another another PSA to pop in here is to uh, try try not to Google symptoms. Google said I died three weeks ago. Right. (laughs) So that, that part of it was difficult, but the tests themselves, no, they weren't, they weren't painful, just time consuming and obviously very nerve wracking because you're waiting to see what comes of them. Um, But once we got there, then I started to get treatment locally at home, but wasn't feeling very comfortable. Wasn't feeling like I was in the right place for where I needed to be. Wasn't feeling like my voice was being heard, which in this process for anyone going through it is detrimental if you don't feel like your own voice is being heard when right. this is going through your own body. Yeah. So we ended up getting a second opinion with another hospital. Same course of treatment, but just felt more secure in how the process is going. 
And so far, while it isn't to say it's easy would be a lie, <laughs> obviously. What was it like for you when you when you <laughs> when the doctor came in and said, Listen, this is what you have? Uh, what was it like? Did <laughs> like did you already in your mind already kind of like were you ready for it? Or was it were you still kind of shocked when you heard the C word? It's 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 odd for me personally because it was kind of a combination. There was a part of me that had very much mentally prepared for this because for me instinctually, and he and I have discussed, my father and I have discussed this multiple times. I I think deep down I knew something was wrong for a long time. Yeah. Obviously didn't want to go that direction, but right. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, and, and, so listen, if you, it's okay to get emotional, I mean, I can't even imagine. And, so and don't just to let people know, one thing that she really makes me proud of is when, and, and people should know, you need to self advocate for yourself. Yeah, if you don't feel like you're being listened to, uh, you don't have to just take it. Right. So I'm more of on the victim side. It's like, I'll, I mean, the doctor's a doctor. I'm not a doctor. So right. I, you know, right. Yeah. I, I'm gonna listen to him. Right. I'll do it. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> but she did a lot. I mean, it's really made me proud. She did a lot of self advocating for herself and finding out. You know, and and it's since changed her, her whole course of treatment because she did that. So, no, 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 no. So doing that though, on a funny <laughs> side, just like you just said, it sometimes you could look things up online yes. and it drive yourself oh, nuts. Absolutely. Oh, yes, and absolutely. Dr- absolutely. drive your dad nuts too. <laughs> going, I think this, I think that, and you're like, listen, stop. Yes, <laughs> I mean, exactly, that exactly. that unfortunately played a role in you know me delaying some of my um, tests and everything. Is because for a long time, and we can get into this as well. Um, you go down a rabbit hole on the internet, everything's going to kill you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely everything. I'm yeah. dying from this. I'm dying from this. Take your pick. <laughs> None of it was cancer, mind you, but 15 other things. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that did help my process in terms of like delaying what I did here. But once I was finally in it, um, it, it was shocking, obviously. Um, and I did break down telling him was the hardest part. <laughs> How did you do it? I know that this is tough on you, but I mean, it's 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 one of those things that actually I, it was <laughs> when, when I, I pick her up from work, and uh, so we knew we were waiting on the answer, and I was probably about thirty forty feet away from her, and I could just tell from the expression on her face what it was. She got the call at work, and I almost I just kind of stopped, and I lost it in the car. So we had about. 50 feet of, you know, (laughs) where she knew that I knew. And, you know, she almost did. She didn't really have to tell me. But uh, so doing this whole thing, you were working, too. Yeah. Yeah. Still is. And still is. um, Much as I can. I work from home. uh, Generally, the way, um, not to get off track, and I want to make sure I answer your question properly, but um, treatment right now, I'm in my last round of um, two-week version of chemo which isn't uh drugs called ac and so about the first week i generally have to work from home because it wears me out a little bit right but then by the second week i try to go to work and just try to keep things as normal as possible because life still goes on yeah everything else around me still moving yeah and and that's one thing i mean just to share with people that are going through any type of cancer there's so many people out there that experience or have somebody in their life that experiences it it's insidious it just it just it's and, and Joshua can understand it. Just it's like the devil got in your body, mm-hmm. and it's like it's just gonna and it's gonna kill you. Right. So even if you go through a course of treatment, I don't think the average person until you go through it understands your life has changed now. Yeah. Even if you get a clear sign, you're just waiting. 
Right. Mm-hmm. It's like waiting, what we call waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. So it's it's an insidious thing that never really goes away. Because even if you're in the clear, you're always just assuming. That's like right. you're thinking about it. Like, is it going to come back? So did those words ever come out of your mouth? Hey, Dad, this is what I found out today. Yeah. Um, very broken words. <laughs> I wouldn't call them a full <laughs> sentence by the time I did it because it just, it just hurt so much to have to tell him in particular. But I did tell him. But um, even when I told him at that point, we still didn't know. A stage, which I've given, been given a preliminary stage, but they don't actually usually stage cancer until you have surgery. Oh, okay. So, so what what are they giving you? Is it stage? Um, stage three, stage three okay. A, and um, that staging is basically because it's considered locally advanced because it's moved from the breast tissue to the lymph nodes. Okay. So, and put this a little bit in perspective when she was born. Okay, and then we told you the doctors gave her three percent chance right. to live. She was literally like right on the cusp within the twenty-four hour period of what they call viability. Wow! Not only did the doctors tell us she only had three percent, but they all we had a room full of doctors telling us we should abort her, so that, we, that she should be aborted. Wow! After she was born, uh, they acted like she was going to die. So I called our pastor and I actually baptized her in. The, the what do you call it the, the waiting room right the, not the waiting room but no the, the, the uh, operating room yeah and so but that verge of viability was almost the same thing as she's going through with this is that it spread to some nodes and if she'd have waited a little bit longer I mean you're talking about two three four more nodes right it's like they they like once it starts spreading to the nodes it's like two four six eight yeah it's just like it starts you know, doubling yeah, yeah so mm-hmm. so she's both both circumstances were very similar. You know, <clears throat> you mentioned a minute ago, there's a lot of people going through this, and I'm sure you probably know some of these numbers, but I didn't. So I looked them up while you guys were talking because, Megan, I, I, I appreciate your, your, your authenticity. Thank you. And, and, you know, as a guy, sometimes you don't know certain things, right. but I was just reading it. One in eight women, mm-hmm. 12% through the course of their life are going to have a situation like you're going through. And I just want to recognize you and appreciate you for for having the courage to talk about it in this forum, because there's probably a lot of people out there who may have just gotten that news yep. and you're showing us how to handle it. Right. You know, Amen. And you're and showing us how to handle it. And, and I just think it's amazing. And, you know, being able to do that is, is outstanding. You know, yeah. and that's what this show is about is people doing outstanding things yep. and dealing with this and the courage and, and dad being there with her. I just, you know, it's so you're helping people right now. Yeah, by, by sharing I, I hope story. so, but so are you by bringing this platform here and wanting to discuss this subject yeah. in the first place. It's not yeah. easy, and 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 I have been, <laughs> I have been at times very very um, uh, challenged um, because I don't want to be the guy that asks the wrong question. Sure. I don't want to be the guy that you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. I think that at times we have to ask the tough questions because for us, the four of us. If we can talk about it, I think that other people should be okay to ask Absolutely. questions. Absolutely. Speak, you know, speaking of questions, I want to ask you something. That sure. You know what's coming. <laughs> what is it like? Do people that you've known? I know Dad's probably different, maybe. Uh-huh. But do people treat you different now? Um, <laughs> I've gone through this experience in a uh, in a different way. People were initially, but for the most part, not as much. But I think that's because people know I don't want to be treated differently. Right. One of the things that yeah, you I are personally, a very strong woman. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I personally have a 
big problem with it. And only because it automatically makes me emotional is anytime I hear pity in someone's voice. Right. I don't need your pity. I appreciate where you're coming from. I understand that you don't know any other way to express it and that's okay. But I don't need it. Just just be here. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Don't have to do anything else. Just be here. Yeah. I like that. That's awesome. Don't I like have to that. do anything else. Another yeah. tough question that um, um, before you got here, I looked mm-hmm. up some stuff. Uh, and a lot of times they say it's not an easy thing to ask. But I don't know. I know you don't know. And I know, Bill, you don't know. What's chemo like? <laughs> um, That's a very good question. Yeah. Um, well, I must say I'm I'm pretty grateful. I think I've I've personally been pretty fortunate in respect to side effects of chemo. But it's very intense, and it was a very difficult decision to even allow myself to do chemo because I really. Was, so you yeah. even thought about not even doing it? Um, yeah, I consider completely saying no to everything. Wow. Um, yeah, Jenny, she's holistic, so meaning she doesn't really. <laughs> like No, I understand what that, but yeah, but no. Wow. From our from the whole NICU days, I mean, she was not a sickly kid. Yeah. So she like avoided drugs. She avoided uh, like aspirin. Like she won't even take an aspirin for no. for a headache. I don't. I don't take so anything. To put this upon her, that was one of my own things with with like with God. It's like how could you do this? I mean, you know, like you know, or allow this to happen. It's like because she doesn't even want to take an aspirin. Now you're gonna now you're gonna inject this chemical. It's literally acid, Johnny. They put on. They put on these plastic gowns. Yeah, no, so trust me. I, I see it. the photos. I yeah. mean, I, I follow you guys I mean, it, online. It, it's, it's, very, it's very intense. So, Bill, was that something that you had to, as a father, talk her into? Because it's something well, that you I, wanted? Or, Megan, was that something I mean, that... I hate being dishonest, but no, it was. Uh, it's always been... I mean, she's 32, so we reached an age where it's like, look, you know, you're, you're, you're your you're own person. Adult. Yeah. So it's your choice. But, uh, but I said you have to live with that choice, that if you do not take this chemo that you are probably going to die. So, but I'll be fine with that. But then we're both going to like go find, go travel the world and find some cliff and jump off. We're going to go together. We'll go together. And I know this sounds weird, but it's like, just as a father and daughter, I mean, she's, you know, she's the world to me and she's my life. And so I just can't imagine. So we were honest with each other. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can, it's your choice not to, but if you don't, you know, so you gotta. We call we call it right from the beginning. You gotta lean in. You know, mm-hmm. so if you're gonna take the chemo, you gotta lean in and understand that you're doing this because now the chemo is your friend, and she's a big mind over matter person. I said yeah. so. Now that acid that's going in there, I said focus it and channel it to to the tumor. Now, fortunately, the tumor has shrunk significantly. It's it's it keeps shrinking each each. Well, round. that's good. I mean, it's been yeah. three or four times, right? Yep. Yeah. So that's good that it's already doing that. Yeah, that, that is and positive, positive progress, and it does make you feel good. And I am doing other things in addition to the chemo with approval from my medical team. Um, more holistically, I'm mm-hmm. doing turkey tail extract. Which is um, please explain because I have no I, idea I, what you're I'm talking very about. Happy to, uh, I talk about this to anyone who will listen because I think it's been very helpful. And if I were in a less advanced stage of my cancer, I might have gone just with this approach. But um, turkey tail extract is actually an approved drug in um, in Japan since the 1970s. Okay, it's used as a complementary therapy to chemo. So it's used to help build your immune system. Okay. So I've been Basically using that. Basically, it's mushroom extract. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You can actually find the mushroom. It grows here in Michigan as well. Wait, and it's called what? 
Uh, turkey tail. Okay, so it's called turkey tail, but it's a mushroom? Yeah, yes. it's a, yeah exactly. Yes. It's, it's just a form of mushroom. It okay, grows on gotcha. It grows on, on trees, and it has this big loop. But I've been using that as well as holy basil tea. But there's a whole other side to this. It's insidious as well, and, and we won't get into that because it's a whole you know other issue. But it's, it's the medical costs. Um, uh, there's a uh, thing that she gets, and I won't mention the name, but people see the commercials on, on the daily. Yeah. And we used to also, and we laughed at all the side effects. But that that shot that they get, that they put on in this little yep. injector thing, that injector shot is literally, they put that in there for... Um, 27 hours. Yeah, it's like for... But it's it's $18,000 shot. Oh, wow. Each time. So now... One of the nurses was even joking. He's like, I wonder why they don't tell more people about the turkey tail. It's like, well, because it's a mushroom. Right. And the other thing's $18,000, so do the math. Right, exactly. <laughs> so that's a whole other sort. But you, yeah, she knows. I'll go down and hold the, 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 the rabbit okay. hole there. But, yeah, so chemo was certainly a, a difficult choice, and I'm glad I'm able to balance it with a few other things. It makes me feel better about my decision to go through with it. Right. Um, if Again, if I wasn't considered locally advanced, again, I might have walked away from from the chemo, I'm still considering other things down the road, whether or not I'm going to say yes to them or not. There's a lot of things uh, still ahead. After I finish this round of chemo, I have 13 weeks of another drug. Really? Mm-hmm. So it, it it just doesn't stop then after this? No. Um, <laughs> 13 weeks of another drug weekly. And then after that, uh, depending on how that goes, will be surgery. And which surgery is a whole other matter still that I have to uh, make some decisions on whether I'm uh, doing a lumpectomy or a mastectomy, which is a big decision yep. and partially will be decided by my surgeon, not just myself, but, um, and I don't know what I've decided yet. And that's, it's really tricky to know what the right decision is there because they give you different odds for reoccurrence rates, depending on what you do with surgery. Right. So it ha- is cancer like in the family? That's, well, that's, that's, that's a good, that's a good question. But now, one thing that people can Google for themselves is look up BRCA gene. And then BRCA gene has been made famous from Angelina Jolie, and it's you know been getting out there a little more. But there is a gene test that they can do to find out if you're um, uh, positive for this gene. And if you are, then it's like very likely that you're going to get the can you're going to get cancer. Of so they can find types. out like way before. Yes, exactly. Yes. Really, See, that's one of the things that but they don't usually test younger women. Let's see, between the fact that younger women have dense breast tissue and that some of these things don't show up on the mammogram and that most women won't just go out and get a BRCA test, uh, a lot of things could be found out a lot sooner. Wow. But if you, there's only 5% of the population that might have this gene, but if you do have it, you're like 85% chance you're going to get a cancer. Well, within your lifetime. Within your lifetime. Right. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And but. it definitely increases your odds. Like, Because I did the genetic testing myself and tested over 62 different genes in my body. Uh, not just the BRCA genes. I figured if they're going to test, let them test everything. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and actually was very fortunate that everything came back negative. That's one of the times when you want to hear negative. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um, except for one gene. But when it's unknown variants, they can't tell you if it's positive or negative or what effect it has on your body. Thankfully, it wasn't the BRCA, but if you did have BRCA, uh, it also increases your odds of uh, developing ovarian cancer by 70%. Wow. So if we could suggest anything, I would suggest my personal self to younger women, especially in their 20s, when you're not expecting to see it, is potentially maybe get the, the BRCA gene test, yeah. get the genetic test just to find out. 
doesn't mean you're in the clear or, or not if you don't have it, but but if you do have it, it definitely would change your course of treatment in terms of like look just getting a mammogram. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and then definitely consider getting tested because dense breast tissue in younger women, it's harder for a, a tumor to show up. Wow. So it could actually be overlooked, you know, and so there's a lot of and I've read of, of many cases where. It was overlooked, and a lot of women didn't get diagnosed properly really? until they were into stage four metastatic breast cancer. Wow! So yeah. now, now this comes up to a something I want to ask: um, is a lot of this now? Do you have uh, insurance? I do. Um, so that's good, right? It is. I have it through Obamacare. Okay. So it's not you know the best insurance, but it certainly helps. Yep. And if uh, but that I, does not handle everything. And therefore, Correct. you guys have started a GoFundMe page. Yes, and I want to make sure that you guys talk about this um, be, because it's important. And people don't realize how expensive things get when you are going through something like this. Exactly. You want to say that you know money is not everything, but it is in a case like this because you will get better help and better medicine when you can actually pay for it. Correct. Well, first thing oh, with absolutely. the GoFundMe was it's very difficult because we as a family, we're, we're not like askers. No, I we're, trust me. We, I know. We've yeah. helped a lot of people you, try to get and money Bill, through I've GoFundMe's. watched you over and over and that's one thing that you yeah. do. But to ask for, for money for yourself, you know, for, for medical costs is, is very difficult. But but deciding to go ahead and do it, the one larger... And that's why I bring it up because it is important. Listen, at the yeah. end of the day, if if, if every listener just gives a dollar... Right. Then guess what? You know what? I mean, we're not asking for millions of dollars. Exactly. We're just asking for 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 a dad and a daughter to just be comfortable a little bit for right. even a week because mm-hmm. that one shot, if it's paid for or that one, whatever it whatever it is, it's because part of a, a broader I, picture. It's absolutely, just, you don't want to have this be part. But this is unfortunately part unfortunately, of the modern is. medical care. Is that you know it, if something goes wrong, well, start a GoFundMe. Yeah, you know. And it's like, well, could you make that shot not eighteen thousand dollars? Well, no. Why don't you just start a GoFundMe? So we're just working within the system yeah. and figured, well, I guess we'll have to do that because that eighteen thousand dollars shot does cost her around three thousand dollars. Yeah, right. So she gets got it four times. So do the math there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so now the problem is, and then not to get into politics, but now coming up into 2020, I can know. I know for a fact. The minute if I say anything about, I, I don't want my daughter to pay eighteen thousand dollars for a shot. I'll be a socialist, right? Because right. I want I want medicine to be less money, right? So it's a it's a weird dynamic. And without getting into politics, I just think at some point we all have to realize: look, we're, the time's ticking for all of us, and cancer is a real thing. Yep, and absolutely. it's there. It's going to be. It's kind of like going to be one of the main reasons we all go. Well, Joshua <laughs> just said one out of eight people yes. will get it. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's yeah. crazy to even think that. But mm-hmm. so I want people to be able to know how to go and where they can go to find your page. They're both like looking at each other. <laughs> go ahead. Well, you can find her page on uh, on, her, on her Facebook. So mm-hmm. if you looked up her, her name and find her on Facebook, I know I think you've shared it. So yep. you can find it on your page. Yep. You know, so all they got to do is sort of like link. Yeah, absolutely. Link from there. Yeah, so if you do, if you just if you go to GoFundMe and search my name, which is Megan Mealbach, it's M E G H A N N. Yeah, that's yeah, which I kept spelling it wrong. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it might be easier just to go to Johnny's page. <laughs> You'll find it on Johnny's. Bill, page. Bill, just to lighten things up just a little yeah, yeah. bit, what was Megan like 
when she was a young girl growing up? Oh, she was fantastic. I mean, the thing was, she just... Bill, she's no sitting there right, really. yeah, she's no, no, sitting there she, right next to you. She, <laughs> no, she wasn't a problem. I mean, she didn't she didn't really ever get into trouble. But she had a lot of great friends. And uh, her mom and I went through, you know, a split and divorce and everything early on. But we were the we were the house where everybody came to. Yeah. And and I liked that because I well, wanted to... Well, you're just a fun to, guy, though, Bill. I mean, you're like the dad that everybody wants. I mean, I you're my keep... buddy and I still like talking to you all the time. So, I mean, you know, there's something but, to be said about that. But it was fun and we had a, she had a great childhood and, you know, I mean, we got a lot of great memories. I mean, probably the only one regret I have is, uh, you know, at the, uh, at the, the, what do you call it, the birthdays. I remember one particular birthday. She probably, it was her... Yeah, her her one girlfriend and uh, probably like twelve boys, and unfortunately, <laughs> you know, not thinking, I'm giving them all like Mountain Dew and cake and like the sugar. <laughs> so they were jumping up and down. And, uh, but no, she was a great kid, and uh, you know, and then the whole mega fan thing. I mean, the, the kids loved her. Uh, they they got a lot of extra attention because she was getting on the news. So yeah. Her school got attention, and mm-hmm. so yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a nice ride being her dad. But in fact, if anything, I'm probably going to be cremated. But if I had a headstone, I would. All I really wanted to say was Megan's dad. Nice, <laughs> Megan's dad. That's me. Life <laughs> took a drastic change when her mother passed. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that and uh, what happened. And I know this is like one of those emotional things, but um, it's something that no, we need to talk about. It still needs to be discussed, regardless. Um, it, it was an emotional thing, and still remains, and. I still wonder because I don't want to get off track, but I'll, I'll come right back. Um, for me, during my diagnosis, one of the most frustrating things is they're like, you're young, you're healthy. We have no reason to be seeing you for this right now. None whatsoever. Right. So <clears throat> all it really leaves you with is uh, stress. Yeah. And what's been put upon you physically over the course of your lifetime to try to figure out why something turned on in your body to allow this to happen. Yep. And so, unfortunately, I think trauma does a lot more to us physically and mentally than we realize. Mm -hmm. And certainly lost us as well. Yeah. And so back when I was 25, um, unfortunately, I lost my mother to suicide. Which is, um, she struggled with mental health for most of her life. And struggled, unfortunately, in a lot of ways in silence. Some of that self-imposed. Um, a lot of us, including myself, always wanted that to stop, but she went through a lot of different experiences. She did get medical treatment, and it was not positive for her, and she didn't want to end up back in that type of facility. Um, and she had a lot of trouble with medications working, not working, staying on them, not being on them. Yeah. And just, um, I think she just put a lot of weight on herself all the time that just weighed her down by the time she ultimately made that choice and decided to take her own life. Is this one of those times, I, I and I know that your dad's here and he's here 115%, but is there one of those times that you wish your mom was here because of the fact that she is a woman and oh, absolutely. you women understand each other and uh, the three absolutely. of us may understand absolutely. each other we don't have no idea what you're talking about? It, it's, it's conflicting because for the most part, yes, I, I do wish she was here. And then on the other hand, given um, the circumstances and things that she dealt with, I don't know how well she would have been able to handle this uh, had she been here right. during it. But ultimately, yes, of course, I would love for her to still be here. 
I know Joshua's looking at me like I got something to say. <laughs> no, no, I, well, that, that's a whole other health issue that people should you know be aware of. Uh, mental health, especially if you if you if you're on Facebook or social media at all. I mean, pay attention. People say things all the time, and you know, a lot of times people just want attention. But there's a lot of people struggling. Absolutely. I got younger friends that are. I mean, people are like good looking, and it's like you must. Oh man, well, life must be treating them great, and they're and they're all depressed, and they're having trouble, and it's like you got to pay attention because if you don't ask or don't don't try to help them, I mean, it just it's just again that's another insidious thing where it just it goes into your mind and it entraps them. We have done, and not to get off subject a little sure. bit, but 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 this is something to I think to spend a couple minutes about because we have done multiple podcasts about mental health, about suicide. And I know Joshua speaks at a lot of high schools and, and corporations mm-hmm. about suicide and, and how tough it is for somebody to go through something like that. Right. And and, 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 the, and the ones that are left here are the ones that, that keep thinking before over Before over. he says something, I want to thank him for doing that because I want to thank you for speaking to those kids because those kids need it. Yeah. They need to hear a lot of this, you know, so I thank you for doing that. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I do it because I've been in those dark places. I mean, I remember what those dark places are like, and and I remember that pain and frustration, you know. Um, and it is it is a prevalent issue, and if you look at the numbers, it's unfortunately it's going in the wrong direction. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the stats, bear that out. Um, especially, you know, young people, it's the second leading cause of death, and it's a big thing. And I think what's – what to spin this back though, too, in another way is to realize the people that are left, you know, and Johnny, I met you about a year ago and you were just starting this podcast and you've talked to me about how it's about the outstanding life podcast, right? Cause that's what you speak on. Right. And that's your, your, your thing that you share with people all over the country. And you've had DJs on here. You've had race car drivers on here. You have all kinds of people on here, but I'm not sure if you've ever had somebody more outstanding yeah, on your show. I know. You know, the things that you have done and the things that you have been through. And I, I'm just sitting here just floored with inspiration, you know, from Thank the you. NICU to losing your mother to deal the way you're dealing with this. I mean, I'm not, maybe you have people telling you that, but there is a whole audience of people listening and you're going through things in such a courageous manner that I just met you today and I am so inspired. And I think about all the things that I worry about and all the things that I stress about and how you have these big things and, and you're crushing them. You're going through it. You're going through it with, and all these different things. And I just think it's so amazing. And, and I think that it's probably hard to do, but to maybe think about when, when you beat this, because right. we all know you're going to beat this. When you beat this, taking that, that, that next phase of your life is you're going to have some amazing stories to tell people that are going to inspire yeah. thousands and thousands of people for many years. So, so yeah, I'm excited I want to know right now, because you saying that just got, mm-hmm. got me a little pumped up because I mean, I wrote something on, on your Facebook the other day and it was mm-hmm. like, and I meant every word I said, you are so inspirational. You are, I mean, you are doing something I don't know if I could do. And Bill, I don't know if I could handle it the way that you're handling it. I don't know. And until you're in a situation, you don't know how we're going to handle it. It's easy to mm-hmm. say, right. hey, I would handle it this way or that way. What would you tell somebody that is listening right now that has to go to the doctors tomorrow and get the same news? What what message would you want another woman or man mm-hmm. to know? 
That's such a good question. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's, it's a heavy one because there's a lot that you could really say, but I guess another reason and not just, I'm not trying to self promote, but my film, when I'm talking about taking a moment to breathe, that's a big thing because you just take a second, everything just stands still for a moment and know that you still have control. Amen. Amen, that sister. is one of the hardest <laughs> things that I still continue to grapple with day to day. Yeah. Whether or not how much I have control of my life and what's going on in it. Right. So who motivates you? Who inspires you? When you have one of those, say, oh, that's just my my ring doorbell. <laughs> they are not a sponsor of the show, but that, that's what you just heard. It's an <laughs> so elegant ring, little if you're tune. listening right now, you can send a check too. <laughs> no, but who motivates and inspires you? Because listen, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, Megan, you're sitting across me. You know what I do. You know what Josh does. You know what your dad does. You know that sometimes you have to pull inspiration from somewhere else. Right. So you being an inspiration to the three of us right now, and you got us smiling and, and pumped up. But at the end of the day, at times, every great athlete has have had great coaches. Who has been some of your great coaches? Who inspires you? Who motivates you? Um, well, within my personal life, it's definitely one of my closest friends. She also happens to be my boss. Um, uh, Plug. <laughs> but she uh, she pushes me every day. She was a big part of actually me getting a second opinion. She knew I wasn't happy. I wasn't comfortable. She knows me well enough to know when I'm not happy, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. okay. And she's very, very strong woman, been through a lot of things herself. And she pushes me every day. But honestly, for me, I don't know if I have one particular person or set of people that personally inspire me it's what's been most inspiring and inspires me every day is small actions of people yeah um because one of the things i think especially in our culture right now and again i'm not trying to get political either but um there are still good people in the world there are still people that just do things out of the goodness of their heart yeah every day little gestures like i went into a shop to buy some bagels and the woman really liked my glasses who was standing in line in front of me. She's like, I'm buying your bagels. And she wouldn't let me pay. I'm like, okay, well that was very kind yeah, and simple yeah. gesture Yeah, because those are what ultimately I think whether we realize it or not add up because yeah. one thing with this, that gives you perspective is what matters and what doesn't. Yeah. Absolutely. And small gestures count more than anything else. Yep. Everyday little gestures, they matter to people and they help them get through their day. So, so those little acts of kindness that that we all talk about all the time, they they work. That person that she's talking about, she's the one who actually started to go fund me for her. Oh, awesome. So we we didn't actually start it. She did. And, uh, and you're absolutely correct. I mean, you've been about all the acts of kindness since I met you. And uh, I love what, doing stuff what, like that. Just what the GoFundMe <laughs> represents isn't even the money, um, because I mean the bills add up so fast. Yeah. But what what you can't put a dollar figure on is the fact that just knowing that somebody cares enough. Yeah. To take a it's minute. Huge. To do it, like you know, I mean, it's just it's it's amazing, and that's I can't thank everybody enough for. You know, not only just for the donating, but for all the the comments, the encouragement, yeah, just, just liking something, sharing a sharing her little film called "Breathe." You know, anything that and that's do, pretty just, sweet. So I want to know right now if I had a check that you could write whatever you wanted, make any kind of movie, had anybody in the movie, oh. 
What kind of movie would you make? Who would star in the movie? And Bill, don't say you, Dad. Don't say the correct like, answer is the Johnny D story. <laughs> uh, no, but I want to know right now. Unlimited funds. Oh, we geez. leave here tonight. We, the four of us go buy a lottery ticket. We win ten million dollars. We give it to you and say, "Go ahead and make your dream movie." Oh, Who would star man. in it? What kind of movie would it be? All right. Well, I'll start with what type of film. That's a little bit easier than who would star in it because there's so many talented people out there, well Thank known you. or otherwise. Thank you. I appreciate that. No. <laughs> that could easily easily star in a film. Um, I'm personally really into time travel. The okay. idea of time travel and the idea of um, parallel universes. Okay. So I'd want to do something probably a little bit in the sci-fi realm. Like, right. time, like um, time cop was that John Claude Van Damme? <laughs> well, I was thinking of Bill. What, 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 what was the time travel with it with the DeLorean and stuff? Right, right. Back, back to, to the, the future. future. Back to the future. Yeah, yeah there you One go. One of my favorite films. <laughs> Are you serious? Is it? Yeah, absolutely. No kidding. I, I wanted to be Marty McFly for a second there too. <laughs> Marty McFly. <laughs> I wanted to be Marty McFly. I wanted a hoverboard. Gotta have a hoverboard. I was always kind of a Biff guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody's got to be the Biff, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So a sci-fi uh, movie. Yeah. No, actors. Oh, so many good actors out there. So many. This um, is a rough one, Johnny, because she knows a lot of like what I would call obscure actors that are fantastic. They have great talent, but you might not, 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 not know exactly who name. they are. Well, but the, she knows a lot of This people. one I think a lot of people would know. And uh, it might be because I've been watching some of his work more recently as well as Idris Elba. Um, he would be really cool. He's got a very interesting diverse uh background to his work i usually watch him in a lot of drama he did a series called luther a bbc series that's really good but i just recently watched him on netflix and a show called tune up charlie okay which was uh actually more comedic for him and he was uh, one of the driving forces behind the series so that was pretty cool he plays a dj <laughs> wow. out of his prime <laughs> that's crazy so he'd be pretty cool and then um I think if I was going to cast a woman, it'd be Julianne Moore. I love her. Okay. She's she's really so good. So being a writer, a mm -hmm. filmmaker, like how do you get your inspiration? Like I know when I sit down and like want to write a book. Right. I know that I have to be in the same mindset or I have to have a certain kind of wine around a lot. No. <laughs> Everybody's got their thing. Everybody's got their so, thing. So how do you though, as a filmmaker, as a writer, come up with your inspiration. I mean, is it a dream and you wake up going, Oh my God, this is incredible. Honestly, I gotta do this. Honestly, sometimes <laughs> that is how that works. I, I do seem to have a lot of very vivid dreams and I do my best when I, when I can remember them to try to write them down and use them for material. But I also just watch a lot of film and television. Which, really? Okay. Uh, so do you critique everything then? <laughs> um, actually I'm pretty bad. I tend to like everything because I have an appreciation for how for much, uh, work goes into getting something off of the piece of paper and yeah. onto the screen. Um, yeah, critics aren't aren't, aren't our friends. Yeah. <laughs> the, the basic basic response to a critic is the film that was made is better than the one you didn't. <laughs> yeah, and that, and and that and there's there's something to be said about that. It's yes. like stop coming up with excuses, just do it. That's right. right. In fact, you have I'm to start read, with one movie. I'm going to read your next book called you know my sangria book. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My story after the sangria. <laughs> That's right. But I think um, when it comes to writing, I tend to um, take more of an actor's approach. Like I'll immerse myself in a character and kind of develop their story and then branch off from there. 
of what other characters, why are these people in their life? How do they influence them? What does this mean for the story? How do you get to the end of the story from here? For me, the middle is always the most difficult part in <laughs> writing, which I think is true for a lot of people. When you're not writing, you're not filming, you're not doing podcasts, you're not working, you're not going through chemo. Right. What do you do for fun? Um, I really like to be outdoors. So like now, when you say outdoors, do you like to bike? Do you like to walk? Do you uh, like to just, I mean, what do you mean outdoors? I, I, mean, I like to kayak and ride my bike. I used to bike quite a bit, uh, more, more into walking now. I really just like being able to be out in nature. Yeah. I think a good dose of vitamin D does everybody. Absolutely. Good. Is there something to be said about that too? Because I can go to the gym mm-hmm. and, and it's like, I'll run two or three miles. I get right. bored. I can walk around the neighborhood for like six miles and I'm like, Oh, I only walked an hour. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's yeah, great. You're right. So I love, I love being outdoors. And then anytime I can be around music makes me happy. So music, yeah. what kind of music? Uh, a little I'm, bit of everything. Oh, come everything. on. I, you know, I, I couldn't wait to ask you this question. Cause I know that music was going to come up and just having a daughter. It's like, you would look mm-hmm. at my daughter and have no idea like the kind of music she would listen to. And when she tells me or I listen to her music, I can't understand it. It's just a whole bunch of yelling I, and screaming. I got to pop in here because she, she she's the one who got me into films. But one film that we saw and it, it relates to the the artist that is uh, Glenn Hansard, mm-hmm. and he made a movie called Once. Okay, back in, in two thousand six. Wait, and, there, and there's something else you guys like to do. There's yeah. an artist that you go and see every single yes, year, exactly. And he he's is a guitar one. player, storyteller. He's type. the one. Yes, is that who it is? Yes, yep. it's Glenn oh, Hansard. Really? Okay. See well, him. Uh, 11 times in 11 years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, because, because your close. dad tells me every year, you're like, oh, we're going to see this. Yeah. yeah. Cincinnati, this- Cleveland. Probably the coolest <laughs> place we saw him was in Cleveland in a cathedral. It was yeah, really it was great. really cool. Nice. It was a very the unique experience. Only 500 people in, uh, in the audience. So, again, I know it's another, it's probably the fourth question I'm not supposed to ask, but okay. I do see your, your bandana on. Mm-hmm. Are you losing your hair? Yes, uh, I will just go ahead. You no, are I losing see your it, hair. But... No, uh, no, yeah. no, I gotta tell you, see, no, no as her dad, not, I, I saw it when it was like when she was a little girl. I know, so, I saw so those to pictures. Me, you, to him, this is cute. This. To me, I look like an eighty-five-year-old man. <laughs> you know, but you work with what you got. I'll work with it for now. It'll change. I'll see if I get what they call the chemo curl. Um, <laughs> well, no, what's that? Apparently, uh, when your hair grows back, for some people, when you go through chemo, it grows back curly. Really? Um, my so mom, did you always want curly hair? Uh, I did, but <laughs> her mom my, mom had, my mom had naturally curly hair, and it flattered her. I get curly hair, not so flattering. <laughs> so I'm worried I'm going to look like Corey from Boy Meets World with like a Brillo pad on top of my head when it grows back in. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even know what to go or after like, that one. Or like... Uh, Little orphan Annie or something. Now that was a great, it could great color question. Too. That's a great question again because now we were prepared, so she was getting. Waves. Oh, good because I felt like I was so scared to no, ask no, that no, for no, the last no. fifteen no, but minutes. She was prepared. <laughs> she was prepared for the hair, and she was getting wigs and getting colored ones. Not not expensive ones, just just fun ones. You know, yeah. synthetic wigs. But I'll be honest, as a dad, then that was the one moment where uh, it started to clump. And then she had to like we had to cut it, and then yeah. all of a sudden yeah, it just like started it didn't, to come out. It didn't go as planned. We were hoping just <laughs> yeah. to you know slowly cut it down because it was coming out, but it wasn't. So that was pretty. Like, that was so a pretty rapid. brutal day. It, yeah. we, we didn't um, think it was would be because she was well well prepared. But you mentally prep, but it it just is what it is. You still I didn't think I get as emotional as I did, but I did. Part of it was the fact that my hair matted like crazy, and I'm like, what's well, going on? Well, not only that, on? you're a woman with hair. I mean, right. you had yeah. lots of it. So I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, I can't even. 
Like me, it would be no big deal. I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, you know, funny, funny story, you know, talking about cancer sure. and stuff like that, just kind of light, lighten the load a little bit. Mm-hmm. I had a friend years ago, uh, get cancer mm-hmm. and he was walking through an airport and he's bald, right? Because of chemo. Yeah. I mean, right. bald. Yeah, yeah. And this guy walks up to him and he's like, Hey man, how did you get your hair? You know, you're, you're, you're so bald. It's so shiny. How'd you do that? He goes, chemo. <laughs> <laughs> And it, and it was just like so funny. It's like you got to, I guess, at some point, make light of what's going on. And it's like yeah. I said, there hasn't been one October in the last ten years that I haven't done four or five breast cancer awareness mm-hmm. uh, functions uh, and emceed it, hosted it. I don't leave there upset. I leave there motivated. Every single man. Um. Uh, man, and, and when I see man, I, I I mean husbands, boyfriends, you know, fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a different feeling with you women that that get breast cancer, and that is, hey, listen, don't you freaking mess with me, <laughs> because you know what, I'm gonna beat this, I'm gonna beat life, and and I'm gonna be a better person after this whole mm-hmm. thing. Well, I'm going to share something just as a guy, not as your dad. That's one misconception. Like, even when she got this, I had the guy thing. I'm thinking, well, I mean, not that you want this to happen, but can't they just like take the breast and take it off? And then once it's out, like, right. once you take that breast, it's gone. So, but no, cancer, cancer can spread microscopically. So it's not even something that you fully understand or have a comprehension of. And as a guy, I'm thinking, well, I'll lump it off and boom, it's gone. That's but part no, of it's, why chemo ended up being part of my earlier treatment is to make sure because they can't say even though i've done all the scans you don't actually know if there's still cancer in other parts of your body and it's really? another another reason it can why lay so, dormant in your body for a long time well if women don't catch it soon enough it it's because it's next to the lymph nodes it can spread so fast and that's why you wonder like i used to wonder like why when women get breast cancer like how they could die so quick well, a lot of it's because they just didn't catch it fast enough. Right. But then because it's near the lymph nodes, once it gets in the lymph nodes, then it spreads the cancer everywhere. Okay. So it, it could pick up any place. You could get ovarian cancer, you get, you know, pancreas, you know, pancreas, cancer, pancreas, whatever. <laughs> and uh, so it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty brutal. Megan, we are literally, I can't believe that. I, I told you that this would go fast. And Joshua was like, hey, yeah, we're, it starts, you know what I mean? You hit the button and next thing you know, we're five minutes. Don't we have time to talk about the Johnny D fan club? <laughs> <laughs> we are literally down to five minutes. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, what do you want people to know? I mean, this this show has been about you. It, it's about, been about your journey. Mm-hmm. It's been about um, how strong of a person you are. It's been about you, Megan, and how do you want to end the podcast? Maybe, maybe you want to, you want to say something. Maybe there's a story you want to tell. Maybe there's questions you want to ask. I don't know. Let me, let me set this up real quick. This is her dad. <laughs> let me pop in my, my little PSA about her. Uh, she's made me proud just, I mean, just from being here, but, uh, but she's also been so uh, precocious and wanting to get into things, and she's been so you know inquisitive about things. But once she got into uh, filmmaking, um, she's she's always wanted to tell people stories. And when she did her first movie, 
Um, she brought the whole community of Dearborn together. So instead of just having a movie premiere, she attached that to it. We called it was called the Abilities Awareness Day. Yeah. So she brought all the schools. Oh, from, that's right. You guys put yeah, that. Yeah, in, she put like, all yeah. this, She she spearheaded getting all the schools from yes. Dearborn to to participate with kids. So you saw normal kids with kids with disabilities all interacting that. Bill, day. how can they? How can the listeners go to YouTube and see that? We're gonna put that on our page again so that okay. they can that see. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah, that it was. was amazing. And what happens is in life, because all these walks of life were, were were there. Yes, that's exactly, the cool part. Exactly. It's like yeah, it's like yeah. I mean, I, you get inspired. And there was by, huge by sponsors that. there too. Like Ford Mobility, they brought the vans, and you see yes. these kids playing with the vans yes, going yes, up and down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was great. And then the coolest uh, thing that um, that Tony brought in that that she helped facilitate was this little thing where it had grass and gravel and sand and then the people would get in a wheelchair and push themselves through it. So the whole thing was was that it wasn't just about the movie premiere, but then at the, at that night she she packed the Dearborn Performing Arts Center. And uh, so just looking back, knowing how hard it is in the film business and everything else, just to know that she did that, but yeah. did it with the sense of wanting to share what it's like for a person with disabilities and then to bring that, that forward. And then, and just now watching her tell stories, she does it with her work. She's a producer. Um, she tells stories all the time at work, and just very proud of her. So now, taking away <laughs> the last. So, last so what? Three what what, what your dad moment. just did for you was give you a couple of minutes to think, think about yes. the story that you <laughs> wanted to tell. Exactly. <laughs> I got you, Dad. <laughs> and, and that was a pretty good setup. Um, I think for me, well very flattering and I'm glad and I hope I do inspire other people. And I really appreciate all of your words here um, during our talk. But one thing throughout, you know, the different things that have happened throughout my life in the last few years and realizing through this process, unfortunately now through my diagnosis is how much I took a step back from my own life for a period of time and how important it is to not do that to Put yourself in the forefront of your own life. And I'm not saying that in a selfish way. Just recognize your own value and your own importance. And this is your life and this is your time to experience it. And don't let yourself fall by the wayside. Yeah. Because I did that for a period of time through different circumstances and different choices. And you don't get that time back. Yeah. At all. You're right. And that sounds cliche, but it's true. You're absolutely right. It's something that we hear often, but until something happens, you don't actually pay attention to it. But 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 you're right, Megan. It, it, and it's something that I live by every day. That if tomorrow never comes, right. I want to be able to say I've done more in my life than people could only dream of. I want to ask you one one last question. Absolutely. I know we only have a couple minutes here, but <laughs> is there something that I don't want to say good luck charm, but is there something that you wear you carry? that 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 you look at or you feel wearing it that gives you a little inspiration, maybe um, a little comfort? I do have one thing. I don't carry it with me every day. Just um, Does that make sense? Security. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I, I could mention a few things, but the one thing I would mention, um, I have a little stopwatch that was given to me by my great grandfather when okay. I was six. He passed away when I was seven. So I didn't get to, uh, get to know him for very long, but I've always hung on to it and it kept time for many, many years. It stopped since, but uh, that's just a nice little reminder. Biggest accomplishment 
of your whole life so far, 32 years old. And, and, and what I mean by biggest accomplishment, biggest, biggest accomplishment doesn't always mean the biggest project. Sure. The biggest thing to you, Megan, th- something that, that meant the most <sighs> to you. And, and here's what I mean. I'm, 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 I'm going to do what, what your dad just did for you mm-hmm. a few minutes ago. What I'm talking about is a simple act of kindness goes a long way. And, and your dad knows I do this all the time. Like I love picking people out in the restaurant and buying yeah. Their, yeah, their their meal and I do it Buy all the time. And, yeah. and 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 I nice. love and I and I, and I tell the waitress I go I am tripling yeah. what what the bill is. It's cool. I've if been you, there if, if, really if cool. you tell them I'm going to take it back. And and they're like who did this? Who did this? That's really And, and cool. those are little things. So what what I mean by biggest accomplishments doesn't always mean just you know, sure. selling out an arena of, well, but, or, you know, let me, little things for let you. Let me buy her one more minute and then, uh, <laughs> and then tie this into the whole thing. See the whole thing with, with what you do that I've always appreciated when you talk about outstanding. So that's outstanding to me has always been such a high bar. Like when I first heard your stuff, it's like outstanding. It's like, dude, it's just, I just want to wake up. Like <laughs> yeah, outstanding. Like, Oh my God. That's like, what a high bar. But, but then as I've been, you know, we've been friends. I've been following you over the years. But for me, for her, like I want the normal person like that follows you and is fans of you to understand it. Like outstanding doesn't mean like some huge accomplishment. When like yeah. most people are never gonna be you. We're not gonna be on a stage and be in front of thousands of people and write books and you know have thousands of people listen to you. But the whole thing is But is, you but, can but do a simple act of kindness. Exactly. But you can yeah. do a simple act of kindness. And then to me, like, she's like my cool hand Luke. It's like she just <laughs> she just keeps getting up no matter what life just throws at her. It's like, man, they just it just swatted her again. She just keeps getting yeah. up. Yeah. And sometimes for people, I think just outstanding. You can be like me, I'll admit, I'll just lower the bar. It's like outstanding is just, you know, taking learning how to cope, to, learning how to adjust. You know, and keep moving forward. You know, so sometimes like with stuff like this, that's where she just really gets me. Just well, watching Bill, just her so you know, move forward. That's outstanding. You inspire me to keep wanting to hit that bar uh, because of the work that you do uh, in front of the camera and back of the camera. Your work is amazing. Your daughter's oh, work you. is amazing. Uh, since I've met you, uh, I mean, you did my video w- with my yeah, daughter, on, and, and, and I'll never yeah. forget that legacy. I wrote, you know, a story about you me and my daughter, legacy. and just and just about a dad, and and I start crying in the video, and I'm like, oh my god, Bill, I'm so sorry. No, that's and, the and moment. He, and he's like, <laughs> he, he's like, he's like, oh, like this. Keep going, keep going, just keep crying. That's great. And I'm like, that's I'm right. crying. The I'm staging like, staging the money shot. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it was just so funny. So what you do inspires me, though, and and that's what I mean. It's like. The four of us sitting here inspires each other, but we would never know that right? Yeah. until we talk about it or we say something mm-hmm. to somebody. So anyways, biggest accomplishment, Megan. All right. I don't know if this will make complete sense, but I'll try. <laughs> um, I guess, and this I hope is just like a daily accomplishment, just remaining a genuine person and a good-hearted person because I feel at times it can feel like it's much easier to walk through life as a jerk. <laughs> If you're a jerk. It's really easy to walk through life that way. It's a lot harder to do the opposite. That's, that, that's just my that personal opinion. That was a snort. Well, well, when you, that was a snort. When you make films, there's producers and actors and actresses. Not mentioning people. <laughs> no, no. No, no. Um, just remaining someone who's kind to other people, especially when they're not kind to you. And life isn't always kind to you. So. And that's tough, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
and just uh I know he talked about it. I don't really know any other way other than to adapt to things. That's just kind of always been my mentality. I think it came from the way in which I came into the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kind of had to adapt right away. You want to be here? You have to make it happen. <laughs> nice. Joshua, closing remarks? Uh, th- thank you, Megan, for for allowing me to spend some time with you and all thank Johnny's you, listeners. Um, and I just I look forward to watching... Um, what happens after you beat this and after you you continue to do what you love to do, make films. And it's really going to be amazing, you know, all the things you've been through, uh, watching all the thousands of people throughout the course of your work, whatever you decide to do after this, mm-hmm. um, you're going to make people's lives better because the things you've gone through, a lot of people go through and a lot of people really need help going through those. And what better than someone who's been through it. So I look forward to seeing hearing the success of, of your 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 situation as well as all the things you're going to do with all this trauma to make make the world a better place like you already have. Thank you. Dad, closing remarks? Yeah, I just want to thank both of you for uh, the podcast and all the fans uh, that, that follow you. Uh, this is a tremendous opportunity, and I just want to thank you both for giving her a moment here to shine and just let her uh, tell her story. And, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, people just, you know, uh, take a little bit of, you know, what she's uh, saying here today and, you know, absorb it into their own life. Megan, I'm going to let you say something Why I'm going to wipe my eyes. Mm-hmm. I just want to thank you because um, I think it's really important to have a nice open dialogue. We can learn so much from one another just sitting in a room and talking. And I think we've learned a lot from each other here just sitting and talking with each other here tonight and it's been a eye-opening experience for me as well and something to grow from well i can't thank you megan for being um you motivated me um in like it's like i said i've been following you for years i i've worked with your dad and and been friends with your dad and and just an amazing father that that you do have and and um you remind me a lot of my daughter and you're a very very strong person and you're the type of person that I would never want to meet in a dark alley. That's for damn sure. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank you for being here today. And, and guys, I really, um, I can't thank you guys for being here and hanging thank out. You. And um, thank you very much. this is Johnny D with the Outstanding Life Podcast. And I, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that I want you to follow me on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. And, and, and if you forget any of those, you can always go to Motivational Cowboy. Again, I just want to say to each and every one of you, be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day. And thanks again for listening to this week's Outstanding Life podcast.